We have a very special guest here with us today, Nelly Ortiz. Welcome. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Hi. Oh, no, um, yes, please. Perfect. Yeah. So um, for some of our listeners who might not know, you're a very successful uh, marketing creative working at Rock Nation. And um, you worked with so many um, important artists throughout your career. So um, can you take us to the early days of your career? What were your like ambitions and goals back then? And um, sure. how did it all start? Sure. So oof, how did it all start? How much time do we have? Um, Enough so, time, yeah, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so very early on, um, I was in college. Uh, I don't want to age myself because, you know, I'm young at heart. But I was in college uh, right around the time I applied for a Fulbright. I want to say it was I graduated in 2011, so 2010. 2010, that sounds so weird to say. Anyway, so I applied for a Fulbright, and I had to wait um, six months to find out if I got the Fulbright. And so I decided um, after graduation to take a credit course and apply for an internship while I waited for the Fulbright to come through, whether or not I got it. So I interned at a Latin label um, spring of 2012, it would be. And literally my last week of, of interning, I'm waiting this entire time to hear from the Fulbright program, essentially, if, if I got it to, to go to Spain. And I didn't get it. And it was literally like the day before my internship ended, too. So it was like, bam, bam. What are you doing with your life, right? So um, I go back. I finish my internship. I go back to Tampa. And I had this Excel sheet, the craziest Excel sheet. Um, it's another crazy story how I actually got the internship in Miami. But I had this crazy Excel sheet of, you know, like, okay, these are the 100 companies that I want to intern for while I wait for the Fulbright answer. Um, okay, cool. I'm going to find contacts at each of these companies. I'm going to send my resume and cover letter. I'm going to follow up with these companies. I'm going to follow up with the email addresses. I'm going to do this. And I literally, I have to find it somewhere. I was a psycho. You know, <laughs> you know when you're just ambitious and you just know what you want. Um, I had like the timestamp of like, okay, reached out to this person at this. No response. We'll follow up in 48 hours. And I had that, and Sony Music Latin was actually um, the label. It was one of the only ones that, that responded. So anyways, internship ended. Sad. I go back to my list, and, you know, after learning so much at the, at the label, um, you know, you just reflect, right? You're just like, oh, man, I'm really interested in this. I did marketing. I did um, some sales. I helped with um, some PR and listing and, and all of these things. And, you know, I start to realize that on the list, not that I wasn't interested because obviously there were 100 <laughs> jobs and people and all of these things. Um, but I really went back and, you know, said, yeah, I want to work in music, right? I've always wanted to work in music. I used to work in radio. Uh, that's where my musical <laughs> training started, I guess. And um, so I went back and, you know, I was, <laughs> I literally went back to the HR. I feel so awful for this girl. Um, woman. Um, but I went back and I was emailing her like really like constantly, right? Like, hey, just finished my internship. Um, would really love to say thank you in person. I'm due to go to New York in um, a couple of weeks and, you know, would not get a response, would follow up, would call, would follow up again. Like very persistent, right? And um, I had no plans of going to New York. Like my parents had just moved there, but I had no plans. And finally, um, after a series of missed calls and missed voicemails, 
um, I finally get in touch with her, and she was like, look, I did everything that I can do. I passed your resume along. Good luck. Fingers crossed. You know, hope hope all is well. But, boop, you know, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta let this go. I was like, okay. So then um, I finally was able to pick up one of the missed calls, and uh, they invited me to do an exploratory interview. And I was like, okay. And if you know, like, for the most part, an exploratory interview is, you know, they go in, they ask you, Tell me about a time where you were upset and how did you handle it? It's just like not the most texturally favorable interview. Um, but I was like, I'll take it. I'll go in and say hi and shake hands and put on my business suit from business school. And mind you, it's summer in New York. It's like 105 degrees. Yeah. Um, but she told me she was like, or the person that, that I spoke to on the phone was like, this day, this time, be there. I was like, great, can't wait to see you. I literally hung up, booked my ticket to New York, and then that was like the one way of essentially where I'm at right now. Um, so yeah, so then I did that, a bunch of interviews. Like That's why I asked how long you have. It's, it's a really long story, but I'll <laughs> condense it. Um, you know, got the job, worked at Columbia Records um, for a good, it's less than a year. It definitely was less than a year, and then... Uh, transitioned over to Rock Nation, and that's where I'm at now. And um, obviously, Rock Nation is one of the most global and iconic um, companies right now. And um, how they're working for such a company like affected your personal growth, and what were some of the things that you discovered about yourself along the way? Yeah, um, I think, and I think it's so, it, it's going to sound cliche, but it's, it's really not, and I'll explain it, um, is taking risks and actually... Um, not having confidence in doing things, but I'll say just with my marketing experience that there's nothing better than having an idea, putting it on paper, and then seeing it to fruition and execution. That for me is like, it, it's like essentially it's like you're baking a cake. Like you have the ingredients, you have the idea to make a cake. You have all the ingredients, you make the cake, cake takes three. It's like you win, right? And there were times in my life, just in junior and even in college too, where you have ideas and you're just like, it's not, it's not possible. It's too big. It's too big of an idea or it doesn't cost too much money or no one's going to listen to me or, um, you know, I'm not going to raise my hand because no one looked at me to even ask me my opinion. And I learned very quickly if you want to disrupt and you want to innovate, um, you have to push that to the side. And you have to be okay with, you know, someone telling you, hey, thank you for speaking up, but it's not what we're looking for. Or, you know, it's not the idea that we want right now. Or your idea sucks, which, by the way, is wrong. There's no bad idea. Um, but, you know, you have to be okay with that. But getting there is really the lesson that I had to learn fairly quickly, um, transitioning to even, like, where I'm at right now. You know, there are times where... You know, you look around, I look at, and I see interns, or I see, you know, the youth. And, you know, there there are so many times where something will happen, and then, like, three months or three weeks after the fact, like, an intern will come up to me, or someone junior will come up to me and be like, oh, it would have been really great if we did this, right, for this project. And I'm like, yeah, but where were you four weeks ago or five weeks ago, you know? And, and learning how to essentially put your ego to the side, because, you know, ego is not a bad thing, but it can get in the way of, of learning, and disrupting and so that was probably the biggest thing that I had to learn is to be okay to fall on my face but also when you don't fall on your face it's so great 
And um, based on the experience that I heard from our previous guests, I saw that like getting out of your comfort zone really helps mm -hmm. you be successful mm -hmm. in this industry. So how do you uh, motivate yourself to take on to the new challenges? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I looked at this question of like, how do I even begin to answer this? Right. Because it really is within you. Right. I mean, I've just in like my path. Right. I feel like I've live dog years at this point but you know you have a lot of people that in moments of their life they're disruptive and then other moments of their life you know their priorities shift and you know they're they're okay you know security and and everything and um you really just have to want something really bad like you have to want to change really bad and it could be a marketing campaign or it can be um a social injustice or it could be um, creating a 501c3, you know, because you want to help the youth or you have other philanthropic initiatives that you just want to give back. Or um, it could be changing the way that you roll things out or even listen to music, right? You really just have to want it. And I don't know if it's something that you can say, look within yourself and see if you're uncomfortable. And if you're uncomfortable, it's going to work. But you know, being uncomfortable is also a sign of change. And um, you really have to look within and be okay with that and be okay with being uncomfortable, getting up and moving. I've done that literally my entire life. But um, you just have to be okay not being okay. It, does that make sense? Yes, it definitely <laughs> does. I feel like I'm speaking like a, a Jedi or something, but yeah. So yeah. going off of that, um, Success has a different meaning for everyone. And how would you define success for yourself? Because for some people, it could be job promotion and financial progress. Mm -hmm. And for others, it could be like doing what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. I just want to see where you see success for yourself. Um, success is all of that because everyone has, you know, their own things. And we love everybody and we wish the best for everybody. Um, personally, it's fulfillment. And I think that's a term... Um, even through my short career, it's like literally dog years, but, um, you know, you have to feel fulfilled in what you're doing and you literally are investing so much of your time and you'll learn soon. You'll learn soon too. Um, when you start working in the workforce, granted at a traditional company, a boutique company, freelancing or consulting, um, you're dedicating a lot of time with people that aren't blood related, right? for lack of a better term, like, you know, family. So you have to be um, waking up every single day knowing that you're fulfilling your purpose or what you think your purpose is at that time, right? Because the beauty of life is we all have millions of purposes, right? And once one is fulfilled and the cup is full, guess what? There's another cup to fill, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I really think it's, it's fulfillment. And it's funny because in business school, it's like fulfillment, logistics, you think Walmart and Amazon. <laughs> but honestly, internal fulfillment is is a real thing. You know, that's why, you know, the job promotion is so great and it is successful or getting, um, you know, X, Y and Z in a raise is successful or being able to meditate every day and work from Bali, but doing your job from a laptop. That's also success. Right. It's it's so all shades of the rainbow, but you literally have to be OK on the inside and know that every morning and every night that you're going to bed that you are okay and you're doing what you want to do, that for me is success.
So what are some of the like the key traits that you look for within a team? I love this question. And mainly because um I forget who said it. Um what's it's like the line is like good help is hard to find or something, right? And it's it's literally a running joke uh between me and like uh, a circle of friends, but you actually think about it and um it's kind of like dating, right? It's like what could make a really great um, junior staff or even, you know, executive, to be honest with you, and transparent, you know, it's you're dating, right? Like, people's work ethics are different. People's productivity levels are different. Like, you know, you have a person that can literally get everything they need to get done in one hour of a day, and you have someone else that equal productivity has to be in an office or working for 11 hours of the day, right? Both are great. It's just a matter of what's what's best for you, right? So for me, what I've always enjoyed being surrounded with, especially um, having a lot of my really good and best friends come up with me, (laughs) coming a long way, uh, come up with me in the industry and now um, respectively all doing literally our thing. Um, It's it's literally having a sense of urgency, right? And even if you're running, running, running just because you know you're going to stop or you know you're not going to get an answer in 20 seconds or 20 minutes, maybe 20 hours. By the way, I've waited 20 months for one answer. But once you get the answer, it's great, right? But it's always having that sense of urgency of at least wanting to get the answer. And if you don't get the answer right away, it doesn't mean you don't keep asking the question because that's how things fall through the cracks and that's how things that are actually really great get forgotten about and then someone else has the idea or someone else has the you know the information and then you know you see it happen before you and you really miss out on an opportunity so I think a sense of urgency and no priority this list I you know just no priority because <laughs> a sense of urgency is not the first one for me personally um I love to have someone that's a good mix of a creative and uh, uh, business savvy by me, right? So I went to business school, um, have a minor in entrepreneurship, uh, majors in marketing and management, and then I also went to graduate school, my MBA. And I've always had this side of my brain. I actually don't know which one is like the not creative side, but let's just (laughs) say it's this side. side. (laughs) Perfect, that's what I was doing anyway. See, I'm right. Great. Uh, The right side is always, and I get this from my father, where I always love to learn. And even if it's theory, like statistics, I hate it. But guess what? When I knocked out a formula and I would get an A on the test, I felt great. I don't know what this is, but I feel amazing, right? So there's always the right side of my brain that is always looking for that black and white knowledge. But then I always have this, like, you know, left side of the brain where it's all shades of the rainbow and the butterfly is so beautiful and, wow, the glitter is amazing over here. And, like, literally this side is the one that's coming up with the ideas and this side is the one that's actually executing them. Um, So I think having someone that's not a duplicate of my brain situation but is a happy medium between, you know, a 60-40 split, a 50-50 split, or a 70-30 split even of having those two things is very important because there's nothing – I would say uh, to test your patience more than to work with someone that is a full creative that has no sense of business. It's almost, it's a re-education versus working with someone that's only business and trying to educate them the other way, you know? Um, And luckily I've been surrounded with both, like all aspects of it. And um, the one I just described, my career, which is really nice. And then um, honestly, Someone that's kind. 
do you know, by the way, and this is for both of you too, like reputation is a really big thing, right? And it's not a sense of, um, you know, make sure you're going out and you're shaking these hands and all of these things. Reputation is as simple as, wow, she was really nice to work with or she had a really nice smile or she had a really great energy or vibe about her. Yeah, I want to work with her or I want to find work for her or um, I want to listen to her ideas more or I want to do X, Y, and Z. It's something, and that's all nonverbal and unconscious, right? Just psyche in the back of your mind, not mine, but in general, right? If you're nasty or you're short or you're, you would be shocked at how many people from literally the ground up are just difficult. And it really makes you, it, it's actually, it works, it's worse for them because, you know, they're losing money for, in the case of like my actual um, position, but it just goes a long way to know that we're getting, for the most part, we're getting the same role done, the same job done in the same amount of time, and we're netting the same result, but we all did it with a really great attitude. Because it makes you feel so much better about the end result. Versus if it's tense, you're stressed, you're anxious the entire time, and you get the end, same result, no one's going to want to celebrate together. And by the way, I've been a part of those situations too where you're just like, okay, great, on to the next thing because I can't right now. Versus actually wanted to you know, do these victory laps and celebrate with the ones that you put so much on. And it goes back to earlier, you're investing so much time in literally people around you and your teams away from like family or you know social events and personal life things that you really have to be good and you have to be in a really good place outside and also internally because mental health is very real and it's a real thing but you have to be in a really good place and being kind helps a lot and I think um to give accurate insights as an executive within the music industry is to give real life examples. So can you share with us a moment where you've been really challenged and how you overcame that situation? Wow, how much time do you have? Because I'm challenged every day. <laughs> I was challenged this morning on the Stairmaster. Um, but honestly, you're really challenged every day. And honestly, the, the reason I got into music, just to kind of bring this back, is I um, have diagnosed myself not official, but of having, um, a, you know, like a iteration of ADD, maybe ADHD. Don't know what either one of those means, but I, you know, like all shades of the rainbow, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And music is the only thing that's, for me, ever-changing, right? It's like you have different genres, you have different artists, you have different sounds, you have uh, manipulations of sounds that are now on trend versus bringing things back, and then you have the classics. And, even, that's why I started in radio, because it was literally the only thing, much like my life, military background, that was constantly changing, right? And um, it really it really helps you actually deal with, yeah, I like to joke that I'm a gypsy, because I've literally dealt with almost every personality trait that you can, every type A, every type B, every type elemental P, like, for the most part, right, where you can easily adapt. And so... Challenges for me are honestly challenges that I feel I put on myself that it isn't necessarily the best thing to do either. For me, it semi-helps because it, it helps me attain a goal, you know, and knowing that, you know, I need to not be challenged or my challenge is to succeed in this goal or to get this job done or to do X, Y, and Z. And so I can't necessarily give you one, but I can tell you I've been through a bunch and have surpassed them and succeeded woo, woo, um, in my own way. And that doesn't necessarily mean the best end result for everybody else. But, um, you know, 
it's a challenge is a challenge because you know that you can learn from it, right? If it was a challenge just to be a challenge, it would be a problem. It's different, right? So a challenge is literally what you make it. Like a challenge for me this morning was finding the parking garage because I wanted to talk to the youth today and I couldn't find it. That was a challenge for me. But guess what? I overcame it and I'm here. Or it can be as big as, you know, an artist isn't going to make a shoot on time or, um, gosh, like a marketing campaign that you've worked literally for 72 hours straight, like last minute because of one line in, uh, on a piece of paper or something doesn't come to fruition. I've literally been through a good chunk of things that you couldn't even imagine. And it's really your attitude and how you handle it throughout the process and what you learn from it afterwards to know I will never do that again. Or I will do that again in a different way to challenge myself, but I already know what I need to do to get to where I need to go. And what are the, because now that you've been talking about like how you overcame these situations and like succeeded at the end, what are um, the three must-have skills that you think um, are necessary to be a marketing creative mm. or an executive in the music industry? Yeah. Um, hmm. Patience. Patience is a great one because you could have this much or you could have that much, but you need to have a little bit of it to even understand. It's a lot of creatives in the music industry, right? Um, and even on the business side, you need to be patient. You need to be understanding. Because um, there are a lot of things that someone, one of my mentors early, early in the game for me, um, you know, told me, like looked at me because I was answering a question, you know, the way that I thought they wanted to hear it. And they literally stopped me and said, there's nothing wrong with saying I don't know, but just make sure when you say I don't know, you'll say, but I'll find out, right? So it really takes someone understanding to read a situation, and especially for like junior staff, but even like, you know, people that you're working with, your peers, and even people above you, um, to be extremely understanding. Because one, you don't know what people are going through in their personal life. Two, you don't know what people are going through in their professional life. And Three, you don't know what people are going through, period. So you need to have a sense of understanding and like, yeah, maybe there's a sense of urgency of getting X, Y, and Z done, but guess what? What's important for you may not be the most important thing for that other person. And so you have to understand how to come to a middle ground to both get the answer or the result that you want. But just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? It could happen, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen right now, right? True. The third one. Um, wow, that one's a wild card. What did I say? I said understanding, and I said, what was the first one? Patience. Patience. Yes, I love that. <laughs> love it. Um, patience, understanding. I would say a sense of humor, but that's not necessary. Um, man, that one's a doozy. Because I feel like, honestly, that one could be a wild card. Because it's like, if you have two, the first two, I think you're pretty much... Good, right? Because you could be really great and not have a sense of humor, but you get everything done, right? And you're very understanding. Um, mm. So it's kind of like combining those two with other sets of skills. Will Yeah, I think it's also like, maybe this one's a good one, like availability, you know? Um, just always... Sending the elevator back down. I forget where. I was at an IBM conference. And this was like before I even, this was when I was in college. And I think it was like, um, 
wow, what's that actor's name? For whatever reason, he was like the keynote speaker. I was like, okay. Um, but he said one thing. You know how you, in life you just remember quotes, like random quotes, and you don't even remember <laughs> yeah. who says them, but you're like, someone very famous once said. Uh, but he did say something, and I forget the the full thing of what he was saying, but the context was um, that he got to a place in his life where he saw a lot of people succeed and, you know, turn their backs or turn their heads to people that they once, like, associated with, hung out with, or worked with. And he said one of the things that he always uh, made sure that he did was send the elevator back down. And I know there's a lot of different quotes and phrases that are basically the same thing. Is it Tony Kusa? I don't who it was it was somewhere i was just like let me get that dm but the quote was it actually stuck with me right and it's just really like you know it's having that open door the open phone nowadays with technology but um sending the elevator back down and you know always asking you know people that want to learn what it seems like you're doing because also you could be running at 100 miles an hour and you could just not think that what you're doing is interesting at all until someone peeks in and wants to know how you did x y and z deal in 48 hours and now it's a commercial like it's normal everyday life for you know people for some people um but you know unless someone's asking that question or they feel comfortable coming to you and asking that question um then you'll never know and you can never send the elevator back down at least in that sense right so i think the third one probably is having or giving the energy of having an open door even if you're not physically in an office or an office setting but giving the energy that people can ask you questions and learn from you if they would like to at their own liking. So um, standing where you're standing right now, if you could go back in time and give your younger self an advice, what would that be? To chill out. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, and you guys probably deal with this too, is like, you know, like, what am I doing the next six months of my life? What am I going to do after I graduate? By the way, I went through went through that a lot um especially with that Fulbright wow that was stressful uh you know like it's so stressful right and just every year of my life I've had a a different stress to worry about even now as an adult you know you just you go through things and you're just like hey maybe trust the process and just namaste namaste you know just relax Uh, but I would tell my younger self to stress maybe 30% less because I would get the same result and I would get to enjoy more because I've, I've had a great life. I'm sure you guys have all too. We should never regret how we've lived our lives because we're here because of that. Anyways, um, but I would tell my younger self to maybe observe my surroundings and the relationships that I have around me at that time a little bit more because you never know, um, you know, when certain relationships are going to rear their heads again or just you know, you never know what could breed of a really good friendship or relationship or, you know, even an acquaintance. You just never know unless you actually open your eyes and see people around you, you know. It's the unintentional blindness of stress <laughs> is you literally don't see anything outside of what you want to see in this room, you know. And that's, that's tough. A lot of people go through that, myself included. I think everyone goes through that in some portion of their life. But I would tell myself to, like, maybe take a nap, maybe go get a massage, yeah, maybe have a tea, sit down and have a tea and just like look around, you know, just like chill out. And we've came to my favorite part of the show. <laughs> and awesome. I'm glad that you like this question yes. as well. Yeah. So I'm going to give you three different years in the past. And I want you to give us an important memory from each one of them. 
So the first one would be 2010. 2010. So um, in 2010, I actually, with uh, USF, and I forget the college within USF, um, but I was awarded a fellowship to go study in Panama, um, but to basically intern at the Secretary of Energy in Panama. And like, um, basically, at that time, it was um, to evaluate... um, how do I phrase this where it's like not as boring as what I'm making it seem? But it was basically to uh, to investigate opportunities or see if there was like a viable opportunity for um, businesses in Florida and the United States to actually invest in um, in Panama for sustainable energy. So it was like the coolest thing. I'm like, I'm not an energy like aficionado. Like I don't, you know, all of my internships and all of like my junior jobs, I literally took them to make sure I didn't want to do anything. So like I've worked in like, banking, restaurants, like all of these things I did just to make sure. And this was actually one of them where I was like, mm, do I want to work in government? Let's see. I got this fellowship. Let's do it. Um, but I've never been anywhere without my parents. I was, um, how old was I at that point? I was 20. Shoot, you start college at 18. Graduate yeah. at 22. So 20, 20, 21, in the middle of 20 and 21. And never been anything anywhere without my parents, right? Um, never essentially have done anything for myself. I mean, part-time work, yeah, cool. Like, school, cool, but, like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and really put my independence to the test. Um, and so I literally, I remember I was crying like a kid. I was crying when my mom took me to the airport that morning. She was like, everything's going to be fine. Like, relax. Um, again, relax. And I got there. I literally had the best. I think I was there for, like, two months it was like eight weeks or ten weeks I think it was like a ten week program um and when I came back I was crying because I didn't want to come back that's how beautiful that experience was I grew a lot that summer and it wasn't even just on the business side it was really it was just great like oh what are you doing in Panama oh I'm the secretary of energy and people would be like what you're like two um so it was really great um on on that side but on the growth side it really taught me how to fully feel semi-independent but independent um so that was 2010 so that was a move um the next year is 2015 yes so I started a graduate school an executive program in 2014 it was crazy because it was August 2014 I went through this crazy like testing and to test into the program and like all of these things and um, got into the program. It was my first semester of graduate school. And it was um, an accelerator program, one, uh, executive program, two. And three, it was a um, self-learning, or not self-learning, sorry. So there's a physical course in the semester that where these students are going and, you know, they're taking economics or whatever it was. Um, I'm taking the same course, but in re- the recorded lectures from that class. And I have the same deadlines, the same tests, the same exams everything but I have to do all the lectures myself I have to do all the homeworks myself like and with your group and stuff so it's very um non-regimented but regimented if that makes sense um so dealing with that and then that was actually the first um that same month I was um I did marketing um at the time I was very junior um but Forest Hills Drive J. Cole's album was my very first album that I led marketing wise so like you know like we went to like his childhood home we did like a cross-country tour on a bus um 
we did Letterman, like Be Free. Like we did so many great things. And I remember they came a point because I was doing homework. I was doing these exams. I was doing these like thesis papers my first semester and also like leading a team of how many people with the things that, you know, he wants to do and his managers and his team and all of these things. And I remember there was a time because I was sleeping like an hour a day for three or four months. Really intense. That's like (laughs) intense. And I remember I woke up. I fell asleep like literally in front of my mirror after I got out of the shower. And then I woke up after five minutes. I literally fell asleep standing. And I woke up. I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you know what? I think I don't think I'm going to be able to do both of these things. It's too hard here. It's too hard here. And then I don't know what happened. I literally just, like, looked at myself, brushed my teeth. I had that thought. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go into the office. It's 7 a.m. I'm going into the office. Um, And that night, I don't know what happened. I came home, and I was like, no, I'm going to do them both. And I literally did them both. I passed my first semester of graduate school. And then 2015, more of the story, 2015 uh, is when he got platinum uh, first, like, platinum artist with, like, no features, or his first, at least. I'm not sure if that's, like... But anyways, you understand the gist. So it was, like, your hard work pays off because you got through your first semester of, like, a lot of people drop out during that semester. Um, but also, it's, like, you you certified, you got something that actually visibly shows, like, hey, your hard work semi, you know, paid off, you know? So that was 2015. And what was, like, your routine during this year when you were, like, trying to balance um, work and... Um, your education, because you said that like after that point, you decided to go on. And um, what were some of the things that you did that you made sure that your mental health was OK, but also like your work and your education were also like going in balance? You know, what's really crazy is that when I go hard, I go hard. So I was like, you know what? I can't do these like it's like four courses at a time, five courses. At- it's like the craziest program. It's great. It's like really great. But um, I would literally look at in my mind, I would look at my schedule and be like, okay, I'm working 20 hours Monday through Thursday because I know I have X, Y, and Z, or I have this planning to do, or I have these meetings or whatever. And I literally would be like, okay, I'm going to get home by 9, 9.30, 9.30 to midnight, I'm going to do the lectures. And then 9.30 to midnight tomorrow, I'm going to write this paper. And then I'm going to send it to someone to, to like in our group to like see if it makes sense with like the group thing that we're doing. And I would literally just do it that way. I would just schedule my day, I'll work, don't think about school school don't fully think about work which you, you can't right because it's like the first project you're doing by yourself um but in theory it's like this block of time is dedicated to school this block of time and sleep figure that out later and the weekends i would go honestly do all of my schoolwork then at night maybe go see a movie and so at that point it was actually fairly not easier for my mental health but my mom um and my dad lived in new york at that time so i literally was like living with them and so it was nice to actually see people. <laughs> yeah, definitely that understand that. Seeing people that you love, like, like literally, you can't even describe how much you love them. Even just to look at them, like you have to, you just just grunt when they say like good night. You be like, Meh. Um, but just to actually see people and feel people around you really helped me a lot during that time because I'm like, you know what? I know their past and their experiences. And if I don't think I can do this compared to like what my parents went through to get me to where I'm at right now, I need to grow up. And I really need to like check myself. So yeah, it's a lot. So moving on to the next year, how about 2018? So 
2018 <laughs> is another uh, turn for me because that's when I moved to LA from New York. So um, I've moved literally like my entire life. So moving is not a crazy amount for me, but it is in the sense of um, speaking something into existence or setting your intention uh, because like literally two months, maybe or a month before I was asked to move to LA, I just started telling my friends like, yeah, I think I'm going to move to LA next year. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. But like nothing behind it, no follow-up, no research. I literally would just say it to just to say it, right? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna live in LA. I gotta do it before I'm 30 because you know after 30, time to buckle down. You know I gotta figure this out. Um, and then literally a month later, I was asked to move to LA, and I was like, Yeah, I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah, let's do it. I'm a gypsy. Like I'll just pack up in three weeks and go. It's not a big deal for me. And that's literally what happened. So I moved um, right after my birthday. Uh, I moved the first week. I actually moved April Fools, and I was like, how funny would it be if it was, like, a joke? Uh, but I, it was, like, April Fools is when I got to L.A., and then that Monday, I think, was the second, and the second was my first day in L.A., so that was, like, a major, and this is tough, too. I was telling someone the other day, it's, like, my family's in Puerto Rico, um, my nuclear unit, which is, like, my sister and, and my parents, they're all on the East Coast, so it's not like, oh, I live in New York, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico for... Saturday and Sunday and come back Sunday night and see my grandmother and, you know, my family. And it's great. Um, in L.A., it's really hard to do that, you guys. Yeah. It's hard. That's like a minimum 10-hour commitment with, like, a layover, you know. And that's something that I did not take into consideration as far as, um, you know, the the travel time that you need to set aside for yourself to essentially continue maintaining and loving the relationships that you have. Luckily, it's it's family, right? But that includes friends or, you know, like uh, not-so-nuclear families like my family in Puerto Rico and stuff. It, it, it takes way more planning to try and pick up and go somewhere just to say hi to someone that you love um, when you literally live three time zones or four time zones at times away, right? Um, so it was a huge one that I had to learn. But I've learned so much about myself in these past, what is it, like 18 months, basically 17 months, 18 months, something like that, um, that I literally, I couldn't go back. I, I couldn't go, I can't go back to like how I was. There's no way I've evolved past that and I'm really excited to see what I continue doing and what I evolve into. And now that you mentioned that you evolved as a person, what would you call this chapter of your life and why? The beginning. And... I would actually say that every chapter of my life is the beginning because I think, and I say this sometimes like jokingly to my friends that are like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I'm like, well, guess what? Tomorrow is the first day to the rest of your life because you don't even know if you're waking up tomorrow. So um, literally it's the beginning, right? Tomorrow's the beginning. The day after that, Lord willing, I get the chance to open my eyes. That's the beginning. It's really a matter of how you take advantage of every single day and how you're steering your own path. So this next chapter will, again, be the beginning. Um, but knowing that I'm steering my own path and, you know, once you once you get older, you guys don't know that because you're the youth, you know. Um, but, you know, your, your path begins to, like, taper into, you know, what your purpose is and what you feel your purpose is. So it's really nice to see where life kind of takes you that way in a more targeted way. So um, switching from more of personal growth towards the um, 
the future of the music industry. Mm-hmm. So um, as a marketing creative, you're constantly in the center of innovation and um, like this ever-changing industry. Mm-hmm. So how would you say in the future um, that artists are going to engage with their audience? Man, that's a tough one. It's a it's a good one, but it's a tough one, right? Um, because it also depends on the level of artist that you are. And there's just like, there are so many things that they're not distractors, but they're actual things that impact other things. Like, you know, a baby artist can blow up on like Triller or TikTok with uh, one beat that they made and they have like, you know, like a crazy deal and mad placements on Spotify. I literally just saw that this week. Um, it's like the craziest thing. And they're not things that there are sure are people like analytics and, you know, business and all of these things that can see the trends and see these things happening. But it's interesting. Um, the, the thought behind being organic and connecting with your audience in that way. Right. And that goes for any level of artist that you are, you know, um, so to go back to your question, I know because I like live in it, but I don't know. The youth is really ever changing. You guys are changing quicker than like this last decade. Like the things in the last year that have like happened, especially with like TikTok. Like what? You know, these things are the last like three years actually. It's it's really astonishing to see how quickly things shift in the music industry. So I'm actually really excited to see how more established artists actually try to fit into that mold while keeping um, you know, their their artistic integrity and authenticity and how the smaller artists um, who still need to tap into, you know, the traditional marketing and the traditional um, landscape of the music industry choose to do that without selling out, you know, to this niche crowd that they've created in, like, this new wave that's happening. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I answered your question, but... No, you, you <laughs> definitely But, like, did. I had a revelation <laughs> in and of that that, you know, it's, it's actually very current you know, to me, especially, yeah, just the people that I'm around and, um, you know, the different companies that we work with and everything. It's And just honestly listening to music in general and discovering music, it's really interesting to see how things are crossing and also going this way at the same time. Yeah. So um, as we're wrapping up the show. No, I wanna, let's I know. stay here forever. <laughs> I want to ask you, um, many of our listeners are usually – um, college students, current college students, as well as recent graduates. Mm. And um, they may be kind of like feeling lost right now, um, either to like follow their passion or how could they like start in the music industry and all that. So what would your advice be to them to follow their passion? To follow their passion is, man, I wrote this down too because I really wanted to be poignant the way that I said it. But, you know, we're just going to we're just gonna go, go with, with what's, in my, what's in my heart and in my mind. Um, I think it's really important to be okay with not knowing what you want to do. But I also think it's really important to have a general idea of where you want to go and to see where that takes you by living your truth and being very, um, I'm trying to conjugate integrity, but really having great integrity and working with um, great energy and honestly being a really genuine person in that and you would be surprised to see what opportunities find their way to you when you clear those abundances 
Um, but it's okay to be in your feelings sometimes if you don't know. Because guess what? If we all knew what we were going to do, who knows where we would all be, you know? Like, I could be a janitor. I don't Like, I have no idea, right? Maybe that's my life purpose. But it's okay not knowing that. And it's okay figuring it out. And it's okay not being happy um, while you're figuring it out. I think that's a lot of things, especially me and my youth is, you know, like the anxiety and the stress of, I need to figure out what I'm doing right now. My 5, 10, 15 year plan right now ASAP or else I'm ah, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that literally like the two days or three days or hours in days amount of time that it you take being stressed out, you really could have like gone outside and enjoyed the sun or enjoyed friends or enjoyed your family. Um, but you need those moments, right? You need those moments to know that's not where you want to be. And you have to find out where you're going to go. So I would say, even though it's vague, trust the process and also know there are a lot of people a decade, two decades, three decades into their careers and older than you that are going through the same thing that you are, literally. And you would think people are so established and they know what they're doing and they're lucrative and they're all these things. I would say there's 5% of every single person that is still looking to fulfill what it is that they really are meant to do and put on this earth to do right so it's okay not knowing especially in like being young but you should have an idea and you should follow that idea because that idea may not even be the idea of what you should be doing with your life you know and you could be guided somewhere else but you wouldn't know unless you follow that route first well thank you so much for being here today yeah it actually means a lot to hear from your insights of the industry as well as your advice that you've been experiencing like throughout the industry so i love this thank you so much for being here yo this is so great and honestly i'm really proud of the two of you that are in here because this takes a lot a lot of guts and confidence and honestly trusting your gut and going with someone something that you really enjoy doing and it's really great to see this. It really is. And that's what makes this <laughs> a special <laughs> episode. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. For more, subscribe to Came a Long Way on Came a Long Way Apple podcast page and follow us on Instagram at Came a Long Way.